with uh, the ability to reflect on the way things are. Example, say the say the first noble truth there is a dukkha. And then there is the investigation of of dukkha. You're you're looking. Uh, what is it? Is is physical pain dukkha? This is where you're questioning and 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 looking around at at things from different angles. So the, the, the second noble truth, the origin, the arising. What is the beginning? What is a beginning? Ask yourself, what is beginning? What is birth? The good question for Venerable Janavir on his birthday. What is birth? What is the beginning? These words are so kind of basic in, in our <coughs> vocabulary that we sometimes don't even connect beginning with birth, do we? my birthday, the day I began, my beginning. The words, they mean the same thing, though, don't they? What is the beginning? The beginning of, of a thought, the beginning of, of a retreat, the beginning of the day, the beginning of, of a new project. What are beginnings? And so you're reflecting on just the beginning and the arising, what that is, contemplating it. Now you can tell people that don't reflect usually quote from others on them. Ajahn Samedo says this, Ajahn Sujita says that, and, and then this Agadatta says this, and Baba Frijan says that. Bautzer says this, blah, 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 because uh, it's easy to collect all kind of wise reflections that others have made, but to, to really develop that in yourself is, is what, we're, what I'm trying to encourage you to do. Just like my reflections on doubt, Am I really a Buddhist? In my heart of hearts, deep down inside, where it really counts, can I say I am really a Buddhist? Where is the telephone key? So that the, the, the question, who am I? Is this really my path? Am I doing this the right way? Am I practicing the right way? Do I really understand no self? Where is the telephone key? Where's my cup? What was his name again? <laughs> so it is, you're investigating just not knowing something, not being certain, questioning, questioning. It doesn't matter if it's on a profound 
incredibly sincere and meaningful realm or this on a, a triviality because you're looking at what it is <coughs> as a as an effect of it rather than 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 judging the qualities of it being very important or very trivial it doesn't matter how trivial or, or how important it might be in its quality but you're noticing the effect of not knowing anything of, or something the beginning of anything then is a beginning whether it's your birthday whether it's the beginning of the evening chanting or the beginning of the day or the beginning of whatever beginning of the meal the beginnings are like this you're, 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 what are beginnings like? they're like this you don't have to have a, you don't have to define beginnings or have a, a lot of you know figure them out or analyze beginnings but just notice notice Pay attention to what beginning is and the arising of something, of whatever. The samudaya. And that's, that's the power of reflection, contemplation. Is a temple. The word temple is a, is, a, is a place you go to, to contemplate, isn't it? Originally it was a space designated where you can go and contemplate the nature of things, the ultimate truths and so forth, rather than just lighting candles and dancing around an altar, is actually a place to go to contemplate whether the 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 hubbub of the marketplace, the home life where you you get caught up in selling fish and arguing with your wife or yelling at the children then you go to the temple to contemplate the say, what is life all about who am I what is the, what is this doubt this uncertainty this insecurity what is the beginning what is suffering so that contemplation to to look to observe it's like a clock you can reflect on 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 just a, a plastic clock you can if you pay attention to it you start looking at it in a, in a reflective way rather than just a habitual percep perception oh this is a clock like this but one one listens and pays attention to it and just is with it, noticing it. It's like I say, does this clock say I am a clock or do I call it a clock? That's a reflection, is it? Would this be a clock to everybody? If you took it to some place where they never saw a clock, what would they call it? What, what would somebody see it as if they'd never, if nobody, you found some tribe in, up the Amazon River that never seen a clock before and you gave them this? Would they immediately say, oh, that's a clock? Or would they maybe perceive it as something else? 
So the, the, this is a, this this is a questioning, isn't it? A questioning yourself, reflecting, contemplating. The the the, the experience of living and breathing and being conscious is what you're developing in this path of of uh, dhamma. Then the cessation, the third noble truth, niroda sacha. What is the end of something? So people ask me, they say, what do Buddhists believe about death? Do you believe you reincarnated? Do you believe in this or that? The honest answer is, I don't know about death because I haven't died. When I die, I'll tell you. I'll come back and tell you. Just <laughs> but the ending of things is like this. And so you observe the ending, like, like the ending of thoughts. I am a human being. Uh, this deliberately thinking a thought. So you notice the beginning and the end of it. You notice the ending of, of a of the evening chanting, or the ending of, of the day, or the ending of the separation that takes place, the ending of this, and the cessation of that. And just noting, noticing what endings are, cessations are, what begins, ends. Whatever subject to arising is subject to ceasing. This is reiterated over and over again in the, in the sutras of the Pali Canon. Till you really know it. There's no, there's no doubt about it. You're not, as I said before, you're not waiting for death to know what death is or cessation. Don't wait till your body dies because it might be too late. You might be such a mess by then you're, you're totally heedless. So you'll be reborn as a toad or a shark or something. Now this is the <coughs> Buddha took just dukkha as the as the as the um, thing to contemplate, isn't it? The four noble truths about dukkha, the arising, the cessation, and the way out of dukkha, the path. Dukkha also sometimes is is uh, dhanha is used instead of instead instead of dukkha. Desire dhanha sometimes is is used in that. There's, there is desire, there is the arising, there is the cessation, and there is the way out of desire. <clears throat> the ending of desire. Now with the fourth noble truth, the Eightfold Path, we tend to also, because of our way we, we think, we tend to see it as the first you do this, the, and there's, if you start from sila, samadhi, panya, then you say, you have to have the sila first. You have to have good sila before you can have samadhi and panya. So the important thing is to keep the moral precepts. That's one approach. First you do samma, vaja, samma, uh, take the five precepts, and keep the sila, 
and 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 then that will and when, once you've perfected sila then you'll have samadhi and then you'll have panya or if you have the four noble truths is after insight into the first second third then there's samaditi which is the panya isn't it you start with the panya samaditi sam sama sangapo and then the sila the samavaja samagamanto samativo and then the samadhi sama vayamo samasati sama samadhi But these, just see, the Eightfold Path is a, re, is a way of reflecting on things. It's not like, it, with, with these teachings, you can, you can experiment. They're not kind of sacred in themselves, so that you have to just worship them in their, in their pure form, as they were pre- presented in the suttas or the scripture. But they're, they're taking and examining things, looking into, deeply looking into things. So that that one is, well, say with with uh, oftentimes doctrinal belief, you can't question it. Can you can't question like uh, the C of E and the Bishop of Durham questioned maybe Jesus's body didn't actually float up into heaven as a resurrection. You can't say that. Heresy. <laughs> Burn him at the stake. <laughs> You're not allowed to question that. That's the sacred doctrine, and the, and every and the, the and people believe it, and it's been taught for generations after generations, and 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 you've just got to believe it, and that's it. Because it's it's placed up there for you to to grasp. But the the Buddha's teachings are for investigation, contemplation, reflection. This is most important because if you notice, people that really develop as Buddhists are people that do this. People that really appreciate Dhamma and love the Dhamma are the kind of people that really go and and know how to use it, how to investigate and look into the nature of things. Their minds develop in that way. People that they tend to, to not quite get the point or somehow miss out on it are people that believe in things. They want to be told what to believe in. And, uh, and, and Buddhism sometimes not very satisfying. It's not at all satisfying for people that want to be told from above what they should believe in, what they should do. It's, uh, it, it is a, a way that you have to put the effort into it. It's called a way of self-reliance. You, you have to develop. You have to open up. You have to awaken. You have to investigate. You have to use your intelligence if, if this path is going to, to uh, mean anything to you. You're not going to get blessings from God in this path suddenly out from the sky God will come and shower you with blessings. We're not, we're not, uh, if that happens, what happens? If God comes and showers me, I say, 
Anicca Dukkanata. Suddenly some some great great miracle happens and and some I've had some pretty fantastic signs and and experiences in this life. But the reflection on them as a Buddhist is to see there that they, what begins ceases and is not self, not to make anything out, not that they're their faults or anything wrong with them or anything bad or or that they shouldn't or that, that you should but if you interpret them from the self position then then you're caught again into uh, into that realm of birth and death you've not you've not you've not transcended that the realm of birth and death when you grasp anything that arises and ceases. No matter how brilliant or magnificent or amazing it might be in its quality. That's why with the, just if it's just trivial, like a, a, a fly landing on your nose, or uh, showers of, of, of radiant stars from God, now, in quality, one is absolutely fantastic. The other is just ordinary and annoying. But both can be seen as what arises, sees what begins, ends. Then, then you will always be developing the Eightfold Path. When, you, when you're willing to do that, you'll be cultivating that the bhavana. of cultivating that way of seeing and knowing so that you're not, there's no kind of delusion possible for you from, you know, because nothing in its quality is going to delude you no matter how you're not dismissing the trivia or the, and you're not seeking the, the wondrous. But a human life is, is a life where we meet both, don't we? A lot of our life is just having to deal with trivialities Mundane, mundane situations, ordinariness. See, or sometimes we experience the most magnificent, miraculous, fantastic, wonderful. And then a good part of life is neither trivial nor 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 miraculous it's, or wondrous. It's just this way, this breathing, feeling pain in the knee, <coughs> hunger, going from here to the to your to your room, going from your room to here, waiting for the bus. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Waiting for the bell to ring. Waiting to die. <clears throat> waiting for Ernesto to bring me the train and say the meal is ready 
waiting for <laughs> waiting for this, waiting for that. It's life, isn't it? Time is like this. Notice the, the, that in investigation of Dharma, you're really simplifying it, like seeing the beginning and birth and all that arises. That whole, that whole thing, that all of that, in whatever quality it might appear in, whether in the trivial, insignificant detail of of experience or in in a in a fantastic miracle. But you're you're noticing it in in this. Samudaya as the, the arising, the beginning arising, the origin. So everything is Dhamma then, in, in, that, in whatever, uh, whatever its quality is, you have a way of seeing it, of contemplating it, rather than just reacting to the quality. We react if it's trivial and ordinary, then just don't bother to just dismiss it, not bother to pay attention to it. Wants to pay attention and, and I mean the boring, ordinary trivialities of daily life, who's gonna you want to, to go into something interesting. If you're going into quality, the quality of the condition realm, then you then you have to seek out the interesting, the the special, the fascinating exciting because who wants who wants to spend your time looking at the quality of something that is trivial and boring and insipid Ugh, can't be bothered dismiss it so that when we're caught in the in this desire for the quality of things then then we 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 dismiss that which doesn't that we, which isn't doesn't have the quality to attract. But when we're reflecting on the Four Noble Truths, then even the most ordinary, boring detail, trivial detail of our lives is Dhamma. It's an enlightenment, isn't it? You're seeing the beginning, the arising. Uh, suddenly you're looking at even even the, the the, the ordinary daily life of a monk or a nun here at Amabhati in, in its most ordinariness. Not on the special days or the, the, the peak, but just the ordinary day-to-day living here is Dhamma then, rather than looking at the quality of it, whether it's a wonderful day or a not-so-wonderful day or a horrible day or whether you feel inspired and full of energy or whether you feel depressed and down or sickly or whatever, then, then your life is one of, of um, just chasing after qualities. But in this reflectiveness of, on Dhamma, then, then even the sick, even sickness and pain and enervation, weakness, and all of that, as well as its opposite, the ordinariness. This the when you're neither feeling absolutely fantastic and full of vigor, or you're not feeling bad either. Just the feeling neither nor is dhamma, isn't it? 
just the, the touch, the, the way your, your robe touches your arm is Dhamma now. Who, who, who wants to pay attention to, to such a thing? Except as Dhamma, then we find, then we find those things we're willing to look at that which we wouldn't even bother to notice because it doesn't seem important enough to pay any attention to it. Until you start seeing Dhamma rather than quality and condition. It's like having a, a body. What is it like? What is it? What does your body feel like as a weight? What is its weight? Not weight of vanity, like if you're overweight or underweight or whatever. But not that kind of weight. But just just the feeling of of having a a body and and a human body that has weight to it. What is the what is the weightiness? What does it feel like? And you contemplate. You don't have to have words for it, but you notice. What it is, the, the force of gravity, where you're always being pulled back down. No matter how high you jump, you come back down. Where, what is it like to have a female body? Not, don't have to put it into words, that it feels good or bad or this way or that way, but what is it like that they have the female organs, the female condition, what is it like as as it as is, not as a quality that you're judging, but as is? What is it like to have a male body? What is the masculinity? What is it? How does it affect us? What is it? What is it? Rather than what should it be, or or the way we we tend to perceive those words, masculine and feminine, the kind of habitual. Habit, the, the habits, the habitual uh, attitudes we have about those conditions, but there's, there's two kinds of bodies, aren't there? Male and female. So that we, those of us who have male bodies, can contemplate that. Those with female bodies can contemplate that. And then they realize what it is. More and more they see it as not and no longer as a self or a personal thing or just or just relating to it out of habit and out of just assumptions and and ignorance, but it actually understanding why life is the way it is. What it is that we have to just accept because this is the way it is whether we like it or not, not the issue. It's, this is the way it is. It feels like this. It's like this. Now, this is, this is what reflects it, what a reflexive mind, if you develop it, it's a Buddha mind, awakened mind. This is a, this is a, this is what being a Buddhist is. About is being able to, to contemplate existence, to know the way things are, able to, to see and know Dhamma.
contemplate what being human is. What is a human being? We all think, well, I'm human, yes. But do we, what is it as, what is it like now, being human? As we all can understand, we're all human, aren't we? Men are human, women are human. The humanity. So taking these perceptions of human, being human, male, female, then we're, we, we're, we're reflecting on it, not analyzing the condition uh, uh, as, as if it were some abstraction, but actually as it is as we're feeling it. What it is now, here and now, the Santitiko Akaliko Dhamma. So this is this is the way to to really investigate and to understand to have insight through this wise un, uh, investigation. Then there's insight, knowledge. It's kind of gut knowledge. It's profound knowledge. It's not not theoretical. It's not knowing about, but it's knowing the real thing. This is, as I've said before, this is the experience of knowing being a conscious, be, being a conscious being, isn't it? This is, this is the, the subject-object, isn't it? We're in this position for a lifetime, the subject-object consciousness experience. You're always going to be the subject of your life for the rest of it, aren't you? You always have been, and you will, till, till your body dies. You're the subject of the world. Then there's the Aramanas that you that you stick to. So you contemplate that. What it is to get stuck on the Aramanas. And and the this is and this experience of of being the subject and what the objects are. And this is this is what 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 birth really is, isn't it? Being your your birth is always some kind of separation. That it it has it's it's a beginning of something separate, seemingly separate. And when we were born, we began our life as a separate being. Even, even when we were gestating in the womb of our mothers. We weren't a separate being yet, were we? We were part of the mother, part of our mother, until the birth. Then the birth is when, the, when you begin your life as a separate being. The umbilical cord is severed. Snap, or whatever they do to them. <laughs> Cut them. Then you begin your life as a, that's the birth, isn't it? A separate beginning, the separateness, this subject and object consciousness experience. This is what it, this is what it is. It's like this. So never questioning, never reflecting on it, what, what happens to us? We, we, we can take it all in the wrong way, isn't it? We can build a whole d deluded realm 
a miserable realm over all of this that happens to us in this lifetime through not understanding whatever is really the way things are, what, what, how it really is. Live in a whole world of delusions and, and suffer from that because we've never examined and looked into the nature of things. So we do create misery for ourselves over nothing. Being self-conscious, worrying what other people think of us, and, and uh, feeling envious because there are people better than we are, or we think this one is better, and this one we envy the rich if we're poor, and we... we uh, get caught in competitive feelings, feelings of being better than others or being worse, or feeling that we're misunderstood or we're not good enough and we weren't given the best, and we've somehow been cheated or we're victims of life or things aren't being fair or whatever, that we create an endless grumble and wail and whine out of our lives if we don't examine and look into the nature, to see the Dhamma, to see the way it is. So then seeing that, well, consciousness, this is the appearance, isn't it? As a subject, I'm not absolute. I mean, this is just the experience from birth. I'm not claiming to be uh, that, that I, as a person or as a, as a subject in the separate form, is, is any absolute thing or any soul or anything other than changing conditions. arising and ceasing. So then they, then where before, from the ignorance, from avicca bhadriya sankara, then we, then we believe that somehow we are, we assume that we are a person or a soul, uh, a separate soul or person, kind of absolutely. So everything is interpreted from that me and mine. But when things are seen from from right understanding, samaditi, then things are as they are. It's Dhamma rather than me. And then we, then the subject is no longer a person, is it? It is the knowing. It is that transcendent knowing. It is it is the true subject, the true uh, purity. It's not. It's not. It's not me, it's not a, a man, not a woman, it's not a human being, not a nun, it's not a monk, not, it has no quality, you can't find it, you can only be that, and that awakened, aware, knowing, clarity. <clears throat> and then the, the rest is just the way it is whatever is subject to rising is subject to ceasing. Which means that you're still going to experience absolutely fantastic conditions and, and ordinary boring things and trivialities and all that. But then it's Dhamma, it's not, it's not grasped, it's not sticky, you're not getting stuck on the Aramanas. 
because the aramana is really aren't sticky. It's it's ignorance and desire that's sticky. Mm. 